What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Whiskey Sessions. This is episode 31, and we are happy to be with you. This is Amats here with B-Pimp. B-Pimp, how is it going in Streamwood? <laughs> it's going just great. It's going so well, I always remember it without a pause that I'm in Streamwood. Yeah, I almost <laughs> said Lansing, and then I almost said... Clarendon Hills, and I just, my brain is not firing on all synapses. We're, it, it's like a mini history of where I've lived. Yes. <laughs> With Chicago sandwiched in the middle there. Yes. You know, and I, I, I won't even edit to cut down the time that I had to think about it. I don't want our listener to not realize that it didn't come to me right away. We're an honest podcast if we're nothing else. Yeah, that was great. I was like, wait, did my headset stop working already? Nope, I hit the mute button. <laughs> but you know what part of it is? Is that it's February, uh, and we are both getting a little bit older. If our listeners don't know, uh, we are our birthdays are six days apart from each other. I'm the first, be pimp, you're the seventh. Correct. And we're also a year apart, but... That's why this is a very special time for us both. We are another year older, both firmly in our 30s. Yeah, it's like one of those ages that I don't... Thinking about, like, when I turned 30, it never bothered me. And then thinking about 32, I'm like, I don't know. This is a It's a weird number that keeps coming up in my brain, nagging me for some reason. Yeah, 32. I mean, for me, 32 is a pretty eventful year. I don't know how 32 is going to be for you, but do you have any yet hopes... And goals for the year? Uh, just to um, maybe... Buy another house? Live up to... Yeah, buy another house, get the second house going. I was always hoping that I could just scrape by to get one and then mm-hmm. immediately turn around and get a second one. Yep. Just so I don't have to spend all my time at the wall. No, you don't then, have to do that. You know, I'm going to get sick of it. Yep. Got to keep it fresh and, and rotate. Yes. Um, Different house for every year. That's what I say. But at least, like, you're turning 33, so then at least 33 is a repeat number, so it's cool. Plus, it was Larry Bird's number. Right. So that's... Those are the two things I'm looking forward to the most. Telling everybody my birth year (laughs) is a repeat birth year, and that it's the number of Larry Bird. Whenever anyone asks you how it's going, (laughs) that's your... Or if they don't ask. I don't care. I met this guy. He just started talking about Larry Bird immediately. I don't understand. Yep, they're going to know some facts. Actually, that's what I look forward to the most about getting older, just in general. Just just having a, a set of facts that I repeat to anybody, regardless of if I think they want to hear them or not. Especially for older males, I think you can kind of get away with just, like, spewing random facts and opinions anytime you want. It's, like, accepted societally. Yeah, it's like a skill. You can torture any point into... You know, making it okay to bring it up. Or not even try and just kind of non-sequitur bring up whatever you want. Yep. So I'm looking forward to that. Also, looking forward to seeing what our whiskey is for this episode. And if it's going to get the boot or if it's smooth. So B-Pimp, what do you got for us? This is an extremely special edition of me tasting a whiskey because it is Song Sam. I'm probably saying that very incorrectly. But it is from Thailand. Wow. Um, Mr. Ryan graciously brought this back um, from his honeymoon for us. So big shout out to Mr. Ryan. Thank you for doing that. Huge shout out. Um, yeah, we, that's that's true dedication, true Wisco 
um, cred that you're getting. You're number one Wisco in my in my book. And it's called, actually, the interesting, interesting thing about it is it's called a rum on the bottle. So they market it as a rum, but I believe it's accepted that it is actually a whiskey based on how it's made. And it's made and bottled and aged and all that in Thailand. Wow. So it's it's an 80 proof, and it's a very caramely brown color. So I'm going to try it right now. Yeah. I, I am curious to see if it's smooth or it gets the boot. And if it does get the boot, then do we have to tell Mr. Ryan not to listen to this episode? All right, B-Pimp, what is your verdict with this fine, fine whiskey from Thailand? I am going to say this is smooth. Nice. Our first first Asian whiskey. Yeah, and it's not even, like, I was prepared to give it the boot if I had to. And Mr. Ryan knows that, you know, my whiskey, my boot integrity would be intact, but... Oh, um, it really is very interesting. It's like, it is it does when it, when you first take the sip, it almost has that rum kind of odor a little bit. It's a little sweet, mm-hmm. but it is very good. It's it's almost like a mix between the two tastes, which doesn't sound great when you're describing it, but it, for some reason the taste works. Nice. To anybody out there, if you are heading to Thailand, whether on a honeymoon or not, and you want a whiskey to pick up, get this one. What's it called again? Sang Som. I believe it's S-A-N-G-S-O-M, and both S's are capitalized. Good to know. The rest of the letters, are they capitalized? Those are not. They are lowercase. The G is a very fancy calligraphy-style G, though. Ooh. Do you have to do that kind of calligraphy on the keyboard if you're, like, typing it into Google? I'm nearly positive you do. Otherwise, you get, like, nowhere close to this. No, of course not. So You need to... You need to know the keyboard shortcut to do yes. that. <laughs> I think it's like Control Shift Two, and then you hit G. I was thinking if you just like hit the G key with like some flair, it might uh, it might do it. That might also be the case. All right, good to know. We've got a smooth whiskey from Thailand, uh, so go try that out if you haven't. Our top five for this episode of the Whiskey Sessions uh, is. Our top five sports venues. So I think, I mean, I'm not going to speak for you, B-Pimp, but I certainly haven't been to every sports venue. Uh, And I kind of stuck with ones in the U.S., I'm pretty sure. Yep, they're all in the U.S. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, and partially because I have, like, maybe one or two examples of sports places I've even been to outside of the U.S. And so I just decided, whatever, let's, let's keep it national. And... Also, mine kind of lean heavy to baseball stadiums. I got a weird. I have a weird mix. I had, I also had to consider, you know, that that challenge of do I weigh heavily the ones I've been to in person because mm-hmm. the list is so small and so regionalized that that would be a boring list. So I kind of expanded it, but I think I think it's a good list. It's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, it can be a mix of ones you've been to or ones you want to go to. And of course, we know for our listeners, you know, depending on where you are and what you hold dear to your heart in terms of sports, you're going to have your own list that's going to be very different from ours. So, of course, don't hesitate to let us know your list. You can always email us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. But we're going to go ahead and get into it. These are our top five sports venues. More than four, less than six, it's the top five. All right, B-Pimp, what is your number five? 
My number five is a little bit out of left field, no pun intended. Nice. Um, it's Petco Park, uh, where the Padres play. Interesting. And the reason, the overwhelming reason I included this is because I played a lot of uh, MVP Baseball 2005 mm-hmm. on original Xbox, like a lot, a lot of that game. And for some reason, I always was the Padres, and I think it's because they had Jake Peavy and he was fun to pitch with. Um and I like their stadium, their rendered stadium in this game just really stuck in my brain. It's got that cool, like, brick facade in the outfield that blends in with the uh, where the fans sit, and it's very pleasing to the eye. So I just I threw it on there. I totally get that. I, I want to go down to Petco Park and check it out. I How long has it been called Petco Park? Do you know? I think 2003. Okay, so for a little bit of time. And San Diego seems like just a nice place to watch a baseball game. Oh, yeah, with that weather. It's going to oh. be lovely. Yeah. You know, I think I might try to do that. Now that I'm in the state, even though I'm nowhere near San Diego, it would be a good place to catch a baseball game. I want to go there. I want to go to Dodgers. I could probably leave or take Anaheim, but, you know, whatever. You get a Dodger dog. Yeah. All right, my number five is Wrigley Field. In Chicago, Illinois. Now it took boom, me. Boom, go <laughs> it took me a while to kind of come around on Wrigley Field, and I don't know that I've come around all the way. There's certain things that I don't like about it. The bathrooms are disgusting, and the sight lines uh, are pretty poor in a lot of seats, especially if you are in the last couple of rows on the first deck. The second deck goes so low that there is no way you can see any part of a pop fly. So bad design in that sense. But it's hard to argue with certain things that make Wrigley Field great. First of all, that it's like situated right in the middle of a super dense neighborhood, which is not something that you see in a lot of baseball stadiums. It has a ton of history. The Cubs are recent winners of the World Series, which is uh, also great for them. I also like that it's easily accessible from the CTA, and it's just kind of a, a, a cool feeling around there, even though the neighborhood itself is douchebaggy of the highest order. I still got to put Wrigley Field number five. I I just can't get past uh, peeing in a trough. Don't like it. I do not like that either. And I was trying to think about how many stadiums have that, and I actually don't think it's that many anymore. I'm pretty sure the Kingdom had that in Seattle as well. But yeah, peeing on a trough, not my favorite. But it's not going to significantly lower a stadium score for me. All right, that's fair. All right, what is your number four? My number four is another baseball stadium, one that's near and dear to your heart. You just mentioned its predecessor. It is Safeco Field. Nice. The Seattle Mariners home ballpark. Um, I love it. I love how it looks. I like the train. Um, I like the team, so it's, when I just thought of this topic and was started thinking of random ones before I even looked at any lists or anything, I just said, you know, I can put Safeco on there. It's, it deserves to be on there. It's very well designed. I haven't been there in person, so you could tell me if there's, like, in-person problems, but just the way it looks and, and the way it's designed are very, very, it looks like a very awesome place to see a baseball game. It is. Uh, a couple of things that I really like about Safeco, and somehow it's 
Somehow it's on my honorable mentions, which I'm kind of rethinking at this point. I think the reason I it, it fell off my list probably is because just the Mariners have been bad for so long, and when you have bad Mariners teams, you get bad Seattle crowds. There aren't, yeah, the, the, the Mariners cr- fandom is not high enough to sustain the team being very good, or the team not being good, I should say. Are you saying that there isn't a lot of people that show up, or the people that do are just bad Mariners fans? A little bit of both. I wouldn't say it's not going to be an empty ballpark, uh, kind of like Oakland is around me, but it is a mix of half-filled and the fans that are there half-give-a-shit. But a bunch of things Safeco has going for it. You talked about the train, the retractable roof, which is really cool, and it actually, I think out of all the baseball stadiums I've been to, it has the best selection of food, and probably, and not by a small margin either. Have you had the White Sox, the food at U.S. Cellular? It's pretty good. I have, yeah. White Sox is right up there, too. Um, but there's something, I think it's the variety that Safeco has is there's this area around the bullpen that's just like restaurant row. They're all very different from each other, and it's great. I highly recommend when you are out in Seattle to go to a Mariners game for sure, and hopefully they'll be better. Yeah, that sounds very uh, exciting, especially to try out this food. Yes. But yeah, great pick. Uh, and I like where it's situated, too. You can kind of walk from downtown. It's not too far of a walk. Um, but yeah, it's nice. All right, what am I on? I'm on number four. And my number four, sticking with this with Seattle, is the University of Washington football stadium, which I think is... Just a perfect like college stadium. It's it's pretty simply designed, but it is right on Lake Washington, which just has, if you haven't seen it, just a beautiful view. The football team is good again, which is nice. And I just have really good memories of when I was way younger going to uh, a couple of football games there when the UW was originally pretty good in like the early 90s. But yeah. Is it- is it Husky Stadium? Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay. Who was, do you recall who, like, did they have a good quarterback back then when you were younger and you were seeing games? You know, I cannot remember. And I don't think I had enough at, like, that young of an age uh, to really remember who was even on the team to begin with. Yeah, I was just trying to think because I know, I do remember them being good, but I was trying to put, like, a face to it. Usually I can think of, like, a player, but I was failing. So maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> no, but I mean, so they, it seemed like they were going to the Rose Bowl a lot, and it seemed like every time that they went to the Rose Bowl, not every time, but a lot of times they would play Michigan, which seemed like the perennial favorites from the Big Ten. So if they had Adam Gonzalez on to talk about that, he would have had all the history at his fingertips. Yeah, he probably would. Is he a, I mean, I know he went to Michigan. Is he? Yeah, he's a, he's a hardcore Michigan Wolverines fan. Okay, let's see if I can find who... The quarterback was. Write us some emails, Adam. Mark Brunel. Oh, Mark Brunel. He had a long NFL career. Yeah, he was the quarterback in 1991, and he started in 1990 and 1991. Hey, I looked up the Wikipedia article, and one, of the, one of the first things it says is Washington is often referred to as one of the top quarterback U's. <laughs> <laughs> do the long history of quarterbacks that we cannot remember. <laughs> now that makes sense. 
Well, and you know, they actually had a really good quarterback um, not that long ago who played for the Tennessee Titans and kind of may have flamed out already. I forget. Oh, yeah. Good old Jake Locker? Yeah, I just... Like, everybody thought, even when he was at the UW, that, well, you know... And and the Huskies weren't even that good while he was playing. But it's like, this is a pro quarterback. He's going to be great in the pros. And it just hasn't really worked out for him. No, yeah, he retired a, year, a few years ago, actually. Yeah. Which that is, was disappointing. I liked him. Yeah, I thought he was going to be really good. But apparently not. Yeah, it doesn't work out for everybody. Nope. All right, what is your number three sports venue? My number three is the Williams Arena, also known as the Barn, which is where the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers play their home games for basketball. Oh, I don't know anything about that place. (laughs) The reason is because when I watch those games, this is another place I have not been to, but when I watch... (laughs) When I watch the games on TV, it looks really awesome because it's one of those places that's got the uh, where the the court is like isolated in the middle, and then there's like a drop down where all the benches are, so they're almost like in a pit along the side. Oh, and it looks awesome. Anytime, even if Minnesota's bad and I'm watching them play, um, the games always just look like intense. The fans are into it. They've got that isolated court, kind of like uh, UNLV has which I also considered for that spot, but I like Minnesota's better. Um, UNLV's the Thomas and Mack Center. But I just love that that look for a basketball game where you're, they're kind of on, they're on like an island playing. Now, okay, so the court is like lower than the bench or higher? No, higher. It's, it's like, uh, you know, if you're running off, there's a little bit of leeway, of course, for the out-of-bounds. So they're not just like falling and hurting themselves every time <laughs> they try to run for a ball. But you, the, they have to like step down to get to the bench. Ah, so there's, okay. there's this big, you know, there's a big step off. And when it's filming for ESPN or whatever on the cameras, you it just has this cool look to it. And it, I get into it every time I stumble across one of their games. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I feel like also come tournament time, a lot of like venues have to have that kind of court. What to keep people away from the the throngs of fans? I, I guess I don't know if it's because maybe whatever arena that the games are in were not like originally built for basketball. But I seem to recall when you know Kevin Ware when he like horrifically broke his leg a couple of years uh, ago. Yeah, I think that was it awful. was it was on a court like that, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. That's when they do. I think it's when they do it at the huge, like you know, the really gigantic arenas. Yeah, they do. They do have that look as well. And I, yeah, you're right. I don't remember which one it was at, but I remember being like, I was watching that game live, and I was like, oh my god, that was awful. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. All right. Anyway, on to my number three. That's my number three is AT and T Park in San Francisco, where the Giants play. I like it a lot. It's, uh, especially while the Giants are bad, it's even better because tickets are super cheap and the views you get are incredible. I love how they have like the kayaks in the, kind of the inlet off of the bay uh, to catch home run balls to right field. It's got, it's just like good food. It's kind of on the pricier side in terms of concessions, but you know, they're all pretty bad. And it's on a sunny day. I don't think anything beats it. And seeing the views out over the bay. So that is why that's my number three. And when you come out here, 
you and Lisa, we should definitely go to a game. Oh yeah, that'd be great. I do love that bay when people would hit home runs in right field and you could see like the they would swim up trying to steal them oh, out yeah. of the water. I always kind of was hoping that shark would get them until I realized that actually there aren't really any sharks in the bay, which is a shame. That would be a good plot for like a, a action movie if a villain started importing sharks to get Giants fans Oh, in the bay. It could be called A Giant Problem. <laughs> okay, let's start writing that screenplay right after we finish recording. <laughs> Barry Bonds is, it turns out Barry Bonds is the villain. Of course he is. Boy, this thing writes itself pretty much. Yeah, I'm, I'm already done in my head. Okay, good. We've got a treatment. We'll, we'll work on knocking out the full screenplay. I don't know who we want to get to direct. You could direct it, couldn't you? I could direct it. I was going to say Spielberg, but I just don't think his ideas are fresh enough at this point. So I'll do it. I'm. You just interviewed for it and, and you're hired. Yes. Okay, cool. I am excited for this movie. What is your number two? Is it another obscure college basketball arena? No, it's Yankee Stadium. Yankee? Okay, new Yankee Stadium? Is there a new one? <laughs> well, okay, when was the... The new one is... When was it finished? You're, no, you're right. They they rebuilt one, but didn't they make it look very similar to the old one? I think it's I, really similar, yeah. Okay. Um, I love the Monument Park. So I'm going to say either. I don't really care. I just love the I I think the the way the stadium looks lends itself to them being like the evil empire of baseball because yeah. they've got they're so full of themselves they've got that like monument park where all these jerseys are and I just I, whenever I think of it I think of like when A Rod was a heel him hitting home runs there in the monument park and just like you know doing that stupid home run shot because I went from yeah. loving him to hating him when he was a villain back to loving him because he's irrelevant now. So, I have a uh, you know complicated relationship with them, but it that's like the perfect setting for it. I think is Yankee Stadium, and when you're watching a game there, it's very fitting that they're evil. Yes, I agree. So I think my what I forget when the new one was built too, but it must be. I think you're referring mostly to the new one, which if that is your favorite, I am more than on board for, or one of your favorites. Is the old one bad? I. I, I don't want to ruin, like, kind of have a couple dishonorable mentions in there. I hate, <laughs> I hate the old Yankee Stadium. What was it about it that made you hate it? You know, it's, I think what it is, is it's because there was so much, so much, like, mystique behind it. Like, oh, wow, old Yankee Stadium. But most of old Yankee Stadium was actually, like, redone in the 70s. And it actually feels like just a shitty 70s ballpark. It smells like piss everywhere. It's kind of like an outdoor version of the Kingdom, only the Kingdom had a lot more charm. That's you. You pretty much roasted the old Yankee Stadium. I, I and I don't care if people are mad about it or what. Old Yankee Stadium sucks big time. But I've I heard think the if, new if, one is very nice. Okay. If nothing else, I've established myself as an authority on what makes a good stadium. So <laughs> I think so. This has been this has been <laughs> successful. All right, my number two is Key Arena in Seattle, Washington, where the Sonics used to play. And I know that the NBA has said it's not fit to be an NBA arena anymore. But what I liked about it especially is that it was, for an NBA arena, quite small. And so all the seats were good, 
and it's such a good setting to see basketball in. I mean, you don't want to be in like a basketball arena that has like 25,000 seats or whatever and be at the very top. Like that's pushing it. What was it originally made for? Uh, well, so the key arena got the name in the mid nineties when it was like the Seattle Coliseum was refurbished and that was built for the world's fair in the sixties along with the monorail and the space needle. Okay. So those all came around at the same time. The reason they didn't demolish it, I think, and just refurbished it is because they considered the roof to be like a historical landmark, which I think they still do. So if they do build another arena on the same site, they're actually going to still keep part of that roof, which seems like kind of a pain. So, so yeah, so the actual key arena itself only been there since kind of the mid nineties. But the basic footprint of where that arena is has been the case since the early 60s. Okay. I do like... That's another one. I, I almost wish I would have put that in instead of Yankee Stadium, and then I would have had two Seattle ones in my top five. But, oh well. You still have time. <laughs> Can I retroactively do it? <laughs> yes. I we am officially sick. kicking... I'm giving Yankee Stadium the boot, and Key Arena is now my number two. <laughs> you hear the crowds going wild? It's that key arena crowd. They're yeah. <laughs> a tight 17,000. Yeah. That's a perfect basketball arena size, I think. Yeah, that's but pretty right. good. What is your number one sports venue? Speaking of smaller arenas where it's great to watch basketball, my number one is Chicago Stadium. Oh, nice. See, I've never been there, and I'm always like super curious to see how that was, but... It was great. I saw multiple Bulls games there as a kid. My dad had knew somebody that had tickets or something, and I and we got to go. And I remember watching the Bulls and Lakers play. I don't think we would have been able to get tickets to a finals game, so I think it was a regular season game. Mm-hmm. But it was in the year where they beat them in the finals. Nice. And it's one of maybe my earliest, most vivid memories because the lighting in there was strange, and the Lakers had those yellow jerseys on and i just remember like seeing the lakers running around and and like almost the yellow from their jerseys like filled up this arena it was just so it was like a surreal thing and i still remember that very vividly i saw a bunch of um i did actually get to see a few playoff games in their six peat or their two three peats broken up by the rockets but yeah the the it was a great place to see basketball. That's all I remember seeing there. I may have seen a Hawks game uh, once or twice, but it, I loved it. It was just, as a young kid, when you're just like, you want to take in like the awe of the spectacle of the sport, it was just a great, just a great place to watch a game. I don't know how I would have felt about it if I was an adult at the time, but that wasn't my reality, so I don't care. So it doesn't matter. Do, okay, so was the Chicago Stadium, was that in the same location where the United Center is or no? I think it was a, well, no, I probably don't know the answer. Hold on, let me, I, I, I was going to say it was across the street, but I think that's how they did the new White Sox yeah. stadium was across from the old Comiskey Park. Um, It looks like it was. It's 1800 West Madison Street. Yep. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. And so what did they demolish that in like 95 or something? It closed in 94. I think the United Center did open in 95, so that sounds about right to me. Okay, cool. I'm curious as to where the Bulls played that 
year in between. If I don't, if I recall correctly, there wasn't an interruption. Maybe they, well, no, there had to have been in order to build a new stadium, right? They can't take less than, they can't take like a summer. Yeah. Unless it was like, <laughs> unless there really was across the street on Madison and I'm like not understanding the address correctly. It could be. I'm sure I could find this pretty easily, but I, I didn't. And it's just going to be a mystery. It's going to be a mystery forever. And if you think you know the answer, it's a mystery forever. You can try to email us, but it'll just get swallowed up because it can never be solved. Nope. Too bad. Nobody knows the answer to this question. All right. My number one is probably a little bit out of left field, but I've been there one time and I thought it was the perfect baseball stadium. And that is Camden Yards in Baltimore. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of one of the, I think it was constructed in the early 90s or maybe tail end of the 80s, but like right around there. And it seemed to be like one of the first stadiums built in that wave of kind of like retro-ish stadiums being built that included Safeco Field. And they did it just right. Yeah, that's correct. It was a prototype for that. Yeah, it's not too big. It's got that kind of cool brick factory um, off to, uh, or brick building factory, excuse me, off to uh, left field, if I'm not mistaken. And it's just a nice place to take in a game. It's close to downtown and they have good food options, but you know, it's not like, it's not like a high frills ballpark. It still feels like it's really meant for baseball. So I've never been there. It looks cool. It's another one that does look very appealing and and i did know that that set up that trend of uh well, i always found it interesting how it set up that trend of you know uh anybody who was building a ballpark kind of looked at it as a example but yeah i would like to go there someday you should and i'm telling you i've driven to baltimore from chicago before and did it in a, like clean 11 hours it's not that bad maybe i can go on a road trip when the socks are there trust me you would not regret it it's a great stadium Although now I don't want to sell it too high, but honestly, it's great. No, I'm sure it is. What are, do you have honorable mentions? I do. I have a couple. Well, Safeco Field. Uh, I like the Stanford football stadium. Uh, oh, yeah. I just went to Oracle Arena for the first time, and I liked it quite a bit. It's not too big. It's a good place to see a basketball game. And right Warriors. next to it. That's the Warriors home? Yes. Okay. And it's you know not going to be the Warriors home for much longer. And next to it, I kind of like the Oakland Coliseum. I wasn't going to seriously put it on the list because it's, you know, kind of a a relic of a bygone era. But I caught my first foul ball there. So it's hard to leave it off. That's the A's play, right? Yes. I like that. And the Raiders. Oh, and the Raiders, yeah. Yeah. I like that ballpark, though, because they have, like, an insane amount of fall territory, don't they? Yeah, they do. And it's, it's... I mean, especially for a baseball stadium, it's got pretty weird dimensions, I think, to accommodate also a football field. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I like, I forget what it's called anymore. It used to be called Quest Field, but wherever the Seahawks play, uh, I haven't actually seen a Seahawks game there, but I have seen a Sounders game there, and that's the Major League Soccer team of Seattle that's like uncommonly popular for Major League Soccer. And so that was a great stadium for that. I also like the United Center. And I wanted two dishonorable mentions. I already mentioned Old Yankee Stadium. But I also want to give a dishonorable mention to Allstate Arena in Rosemont. <laughs> which Home of DePaul Blue Demons. Yeah. 
terrible place to see a basketball game and a terrible place to have a graduation, which is where I had my graduation. Yeah, I did too. It was awful. Yep. You have any uh, any that just missed the list for you? Well, I did mention the Thomas and Mack Center, which is where UNLV running Rebels play basketball, so I'll include that. Um, I guess U.S. Cellular Field for the White Sox, just because I'm a White Sox fan, but it, eh, I mean, it's, it's not really that great. I like it, though. Um, I enjoyed going there. I probably went there more than I went to Wrigley with Maggie, and I think it's a good stadium. It's fine. I mean, I have no problems with it. I just could like, if I was going to put it on a list like this, although I did include the Minnesota Golden Gophers basketball arena. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know that I really could. So I didn't. And then the other one is Frontier Fieldhouse, which is a small multi-purpose gym in Chicago Ridge where I played grade school basketball. Oh. And I love it. And it's a great place to play basketball. We won some big games there. Uh, I saw wrestling there on multiple occasions. Like smaller wrestling companies would use that as their place. Oh, nice. Um, and I just heard that the grade school that we used to play is closing, so we won. So sorry. <laughs> Maggie had the same thing. Her rival, like high school, like closed. It's like, well, that's the end of that rivalry. Yeah, it's over. We won. We're still in existence <laughs> for a day past you. <laughs> nice. All right, if you have some arenas, stadiums, other sports venues that we forgot to talk about, I'm sure there are some, go ahead and email us your thoughts at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com or send us future top five list ideas there as well. So we're going to go ahead and get to your emails that you sent us. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right, so we have an email from Artis in Coral Gables, Florida. It says, hey, Amats and be pimp. I love the episode about serial killers. My parents used to call me a serial killer in high school because I could finish off a box of Fruit Loops in one sitting. Cool. Is this Artis Gilmore, the former NBA player? I hope it is. And that he is... Well, okay... One question he's I, a rascal. I know he's a rascal, so he might do something like I'm this. sure he is. I wonder if the serial Fruit Loops would have existed when Artis Gilmore was in high school. What do you think? How long has it been around? He was in high school in maybe the 50s? Yeah, Fruit Loops. Was it around then? Oh, boy. I feel like this is going into the mysteries that were, will never be solved. Colin. I'm looking because I want to know if there was like an old black and white Toucan Sam. I would love to know that. Okay, my guess before you look it up is 1972. That's when it started? Yeah. It's not as quick to find as I thought it would be. Hold on one second. <laughs> we, do, we must know the answer to this. Yep. I'm not going to do OK Google because every time I do that, it goes really bad. <laughs> the best way to Google that would definitely be Fruit Loops. When did it start? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> it worked. Good. 63. Oh, I was only off by nine years. That's not so bad. It's, it's not, it does not work for the artist Gilmore timeline, but it's no. okay. Damn it. All right, so it's not that artist. Uh, you have an email? Yes, I do. I have an email, and it starts, Dear A and B, I've been watching Antiques Roadshow recently, uh, and they always talk about how important the original box is for retaining value. I accidentally threw away the boxes for my foot bags. Am I screwed? Oh, Jesus. Cons- <laughs> concerned Jillian in Delaware. I feel like this is... How do we not tell our listeners this? This should be the first thing you know. Maybe we didn't tell them because 
it's implied that of course you don't throw the box away. It does come in a box, not like you know how you get like insoles and they would come in like those sleeve things. It comes in a big old box and there's a lot of peanuts in it. Oh yeah. Um, just because they want to make sure that it comes intact, even though it is a bag, <laughs> um, they don't want it to get ripped by like hungry animals in transit. So it comes very well packaged and protected. You, pr- Jillian, I'm sorry to say you probably have lost most of the resale value. You, you still will have some. If you could get them worn by maybe like a celebrity of some type, like um, like Mark L. Wahlberg, the host of Antiques Roadshow, uh-huh. um, that could help increase the value. So you might be able to recoup some, but I think you did make a, make a whoopsie. Yeah. Either him or Joaquin C. Phoenix, the producer of Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little-known fact that he's the producer there, but they go around touring the country together just using that as a way to pick up women, I've heard. Yeah, really random, but yeah. Um, yeah, well, and you know what the other thing is? Yeah, they may have lost the value of footbags from a monetary sense, but you still got the footbags. Yeah, your feet are still warmer than if you put them in skin, so. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. If you have an email that you would like to write us, please go ahead and do so. We are at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at Whiskey Sessions. And we will check out our feed to see what our wonderful listeners have written us. So, B-Pimp, that does it for this episode. Do you have anything that you want to leave off the listeners with? Go Golden Gophers. Go Golden Gophers. Go Golden Gophers. Boy, Go, you Golden Gophers, you. That is a tongue twister of a name. I think they really should have rethought that. Stay Golden Gophers. Stay Golden. Ooh, I like that. All right, until next time, this is A. Metz. Peace out.